Oh, whose show is this? It's not a show, baby. It's a podcast. Oh, whose podcast is this? It's the Sidebars. Who's Sidebar? Sidebar's dead, baby. Sidebar's Sidebar's dead. dead. Alright, we'd like to start off with, a, with an apology for the really bad <laughs> Fabian impression. Uh, I'm not going to apologize. All right, so but now... That was you. You alright? Yeah. Yeah, we're back. Well, not back. We did we did one not too long ago. We kind of have been in the groove of... Come on. We've been you, doing it. Would you say we're back in the New York groove? <laughs> I guess. Like, you never heard that song? No, I, I mean, I have. I just don't know how it applies. Um, what's up, Cyborg? Yeah. Um, episode 13. We're back. back, I guess. Yeah. One last time. Yeah. We, in person. Um, well, yeah, it, it's going to be We're going to leave it on an indefinite kind of... It's like, kind of ambiguous how yeah. this is going to end. We, uh, you know, I've gradu- I've officially graduated college and Cam is doing his 13th year here. Yep, no, I'm um, a grad student. I graduated so, before you. Let's, so, let's not forget that, sidebar viewers. Yeah, it's damn yeah, four and a half years for undergrad. All right. Yeah. Uh, oh. Yeah, that one backfired on me pretty quickly. Um, so we don't know if this is going to be like, you know, the last time that we do it together, yeah. you know, when we're in the same room. Um, we'll probably end up doing them. Um, yeah, I mean, Dan definitely doesn't like me phone. enough to invite me over to his house. We've been over this several times. He's claimed, oh, my house is not a staying house. My house is not a staying house. Your family's going to listen to this. My house is not a staying house. Oh, we'd love to have your son. No, I guarantee you, nobody in my family listens to this anyways, besides my brother. Um, but my house isn't, it's not, you don't stay over at my house. I don't need to stay over. I David, drive. if you're listening to this, nobody, we don't, people don't stay in our Damn, house. Damn, I don't need it's to stay not, over. I so just, much hard wood. You I know, have a car. Uh, yeah, and, well, first yeah, of all, yeah, 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 Second yeah, of all, I don't even know if I'm going to live there. This is a whole, like, yeah. well, existential crisis I'm not willing to have right now. Um, but the, the <laughs> that, main thing that is... That one cut deep, folks. Yeah, thank you for that. Right. Um, the main thing is, this is going to be probably our last, I mean, it's definitely our last in-house in Plymouth sidebar. Yeah. I mean, that Yeah, big time. It's the end of an era. So we're going to talk to you about a movie that's been a long time coming, my favorite movie of all time, a movie that we've probably been referencing. I would honestly say we probably reference this close to every episode. It's at least something it's that some comes point. up. At some point. Um, because it's Pulp Fiction. It's the best movie ever. It's my favorite movie ever. It's I have a poster right here. I'm looking yeah. at Mia Wallace. She's beautiful. She watches over me every night, um, uh, along with Kramer and the Big Lebowski. Yes. My movie posters are on. Yeah, if you want to see that, go Simmons. to Sidebar Gold. Sidebar Premium. Sign up for our seventy-five ninety-nine a month. Yeah, sidebar yeah. If you want to go to the, uh, the Sidebar Patreon, yeah, you can. Uh, you can. You can join. You can. You can, you, you know, you can just spend us like a hundred dollars if yeah. you like the content. But it'd be the only money that we've ever made off this pod. No, not sure. We made two dollars actually. That's true. Shout out to Christian Kennedy. at... What was the name of his show? Verified? I almost said Vivance. Yeah, Verified. That's not um, good. We need to clean that up. No, nah, we'll be fine. Um, so, yeah, Pulp Fiction. And then, we're, so we're going to talk about Pulp, obviously the best movie ever. Um, we'll, we'll, do, we'll do the staple categories. We, we decided not to kind of stray from anything, considering this probably will be the la- one of the last ones we do. Yeah. We want to we honor the original sidebar traditions dating back to the Tropic Thunder Pod when we first introduced the uh, yeah. 11 episodes ago, when we first introduced the, uh, you know, so the sidebar. We were so um, young back then. So we'll do in best early, line. In early 2019. I know, we were, so, we were little boys. We'll do best line, best scene, best performance. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the, when we're done with that, we're going to kind of recap the sidebar through the years. You yeah. know, we've done 13 of these, Johns. Yeah, and, a, little, uh, a little sidebar 
Origins. Yeah. But not like the shitty, like, like origin story. Yeah, but not the shitty, like, yeah. X-Men Wolverine. Origins or, Wolverine. Yeah, Are like you talking that. shit about Lee F. Schreiber? Because he's great now. No, I'm talking it? shit about when they when they put Deadpool in with, like, the same yeah, actor yeah, after sure. they had Deadpool. I be, totally like, forgot that be, like, happened, two, yeah. you know, commercially successful movies, and they're like, oh, wait, let's have the really funny guy not talk. I mean, that did, yeah. No, that, I mean, listen. That's like know. Game of Thrones level sub- subverting my expectations. I don't give a shit. I can't handle it. I know what you mean. I don't give a shit about X-Men, honestly. I think that's, like... That's like the redheaded stepchild to an already redheaded stepchild. Well, there's a lot of redheads in X-Men, so you... Boom! Yeah. That's exactly why I said it. Also, it what was that new X-Men movie that just came out? Dark Phoenix. Yeah. Redheads Ranked one of the worst movies ever made, actually. Yeah. I, don't even think, I don't think it's broken. Game, Game of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> it's terrible. Um, but anyways, it's not what this is about. This is about Pulp. This is about... Bruce Willis. Looper. <laughs> Stop. No, it's just Bruce Willis. Well, Video game donkeys. Um, so, so, yeah, we're going to talk Pulp. Yeah, so um, Pulp won several awards. It didn't. It won one Oscar. Well, it says winner, best picture. Yeah, I mean, it... Is that a lie on the poster? Well, the best picture at Cannes, and that was the... That was the... Oh. That was the... Uh, what's the award called? That, the, the Palm d'Or. Yeah, so Tarantino always wins this award at Cannes. He won it for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And he a also won a movies. best original screenplay. Yeah, so that's the funny thing. So, like, when this movie came out in 94, a lot of other good movies came out in 94. Obviously, Forrest yeah, Gump was the yeah. big one. I'm gonna check, I'm um, gonna check the 67th Academy Awards because that was the year. Forrest Gump. Oh, so it was, the, it was the 94, it happened, it was the yeah. 1995 Gump, Oscars. Yeah. Gump, yeah. Four Weddings and a Funeral, Shawshank. Yep. Yeah. Um, what else? I think a lot of stuff came out. There was a lot, it wasn't, that wasn't Dances with Wolves, was it? No, that was 90. Cause we, I remember. I feel like we look up 1990 as a year for movies all the time. It's true. Um, anyways, there's a ton of good movies that are coming out in '94, and then in the, in the 1995 year Oscars. It's not super strong, but like the big, the big. Ones well, the are biggest like one Forrest was Gump yeah, and um, I mean Forrest Gump literally Shawshank. It won everything. Forrest yeah. Gump and Shawshank won everything. Oh, and there's and an the interview. Lion, and the Lion King. Okay, there you go. So there's an interview. Like, there was like a, well, yeah, that's a great movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was that probably won best animated feature. Yeah, just oh, goes to, yeah. 100. Um, I remember there was an interview with Tarantino where he was talking about his Oscar, his Oscar nominations, and he's like, "Well, when you go up against Forrest Gump, he's like, I kept having this like we were nominated. They were nominated for pretty much all the same oh, categories, yeah, no, no, and no. Forrest Gump won every single one of them over, yeah. except for Best Screenplay, which is honestly well deserved. I think if this movie, oh, dude, it's so deserved. If this well, movie, it's Best Original Screenplay too. So yeah, exactly. Not, it, because I think it wasn't Forrest like Gump adapted screenplay or anything. Story? I, th- uh, I don't think so. I think it. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't want to yeah. commit to anything. But, yeah, the fact that this was an original screenplay that Tarantino wrote himself, I mean, this is, like, this is per- that's exactly what this movie should have won for, yeah. because, so I wouldn't even say that this movie got snubbed. Like, I would, I don't, no. It didn't, no. it did, Forrest Gump was amazing. I mean, should it have won, should it have uh, been less in the award count than Speed? Maybe not. <laughs> Speed did mean? win two war- awards. Speed won two Oscars? Yeah. That's fucked. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I think that if this movie is going to win anything, it's screenplay, and we'll talk about that as we get into it because the screen, the, the writing in this movie and the screenplay and the, and yeah, the dialogue. It's, it's like opposite of Die Hard, where it's where like Die Hard is so just like cheesy and ridiculous. And, and this one is like, I don't want to say like too convoluted, but like it's hard to like, when, when we're like, we normally take notes through like every movie, and it was very hard for me to like just like try to like keep like picking up. Because every line is like not like, in, like super like important, but they're all like. Trying to think like how to say this, but it all, all ties in together. Yeah, they all like need to pay like, attention. They're all like interwoven, and yeah. they're like all like there's no like just like throwaway lines. Absolutely, really. yeah, you're right. You need to listen to everything, and that's and it forces you to do that because of what we were talking about in Reservoir Dogs. I'll revert back to that part is the nonlinear storyline mm-hmm. that he introduces in his first movie, Tarantino. Um, 
he introduces this style in Reservoir Dogs, and then it comes to it really comes to fruition with Pulp. That's where he's able to like flex and say, "This is what I'm doing. Yeah. You've seen me do this before, but I'm going to make it like ten times better." You have to pay attention to pretty much everything if you want to understand this movie. You have to watch it probably five or six times. I I I, I would love to meet somebody who's watched this movie once and understood it fully. Yeah. Um, because I guarantee you there's probably no way. Well, there's just so much in it, and it's like, they constantly, like, not, like, confuse you or, like, break your He does. He's throwing you, like, but, curveballs but, every time. Yeah. It's just, like, it more or less, like, disorients. Yes, exactly. Like, disorients it, you. It disorients your ability to, like, grasp, like, the story as a whole. Yeah, you know absolutely. I mean? and it's, it's very tough for, like, the viewers to do that. It is. Like, yeah. I, like I still have a tough time, like, getting all of it. Like, I know. Yeah, it's now. hard. And I like to sometimes try and figure out if I can make this in a linear, like, what what would the linear plot of this movie look like? Where would the scenes go? Yeah, I mean, we and could try to do that. We should. Later, we should try and do it. We'll I think do, I can we'll do, do it. We'll do that after, before, before yeah. Sidebar Origins. I think I can do it. Um, so let's just, let's just, bada bing, bada boom. Let's just get into it, right? Yeah, I mean, I want have some points that I want to talk about first. Um, I talked about that. Oh. Executive produced by Danny DeVito. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. It's his name is, I think his name's up there somewhere. Uh, um, Harvey Weinstein doesn't age well. Yeah. There's man. a lot of stuff in this movie that does not age and, well. You know, not gonna lie, didn't, wasn't properly aged at the time. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah. I mean, everything, there's a lot of just ridiculous racism yeah. in like unnecessary slurs and stuff in this movie that I don't understand why Carantino uses, but he always seems to do it. Um, and I know a lot of people have a problem with that, but if you, you blank all that stuff out, you act like it doesn't, it doesn't exist, then you know, you can really enjoy it. Um, what we talked about with the screenplay, like the dialogue in this, this movie is driven by the dialogue. It's not driven by the action. It's not, it's driven by no, the yeah, characters. Yeah, the action and the dialogue take, takes a backseat. It like does. The it does. It's not the like characters and like the connections between yeah. them and like those, not, not like the story, but the drives them it's through the, with the dialogue. Yeah, the lore that he creates inside of the movie that the characters are talking about. Every single scene opens up with a conversation about something that almost isn't even related, um, but some of it ends up tying back in, and we'll talk about that more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's why this is this is not only his best movie ever, but the best movie ever, because it's a movie that's just driven by dialogue and driven by real life people kind of having real life conversations and real life scenarios in inside of a world that is so demented and fucked up like they're hitmen but they're talking about burgers like it's it's the wife of a mob boss and a hitman and they're talking about you know everyday shit that yeah. has you know what i mean like no, it, it's, it's just these it's like real an, conversations yeah, it's like that interesting it's like why we always love to watch like stuff like the sopranos because it's like it it humanizes you, yeah, things yeah and you want to see like just like the background or like the everyday life. You know what I mean? Yeah, you don't like, and so, and this is part of what I learned about this movie and as I've kind of like, this is like, like I said, it's my favorite movie ever and I want to just learn about it. And it's a hit, it's a movie about hitmen. If you were to sum up what Pulp Fiction is, you were to say somebody who's never seen it before, you say it's a movie about hitmen. But when you think about a movie about hitmen, you think not only Hitman, the, the terrible movie with, if I don't even remember the actor's name, uh, but you think about these like hitman movies it's just like a badass dude who goes out and kills people. Yeah. And he doesn't have any backstory. He doesn't have any character development. You don't know anything about him. Mm-hmm. But what Tarantino said was there's more to this hitman tale and hitman fantasy than just a cool-ass dude with a couple of pistols. Like, there's there's real life to this person. Yeah. There's things yeah, that go there, wrong. There's a person behind the gun. Exactly. And he is... And he... That's what he does. And that's what makes this movie so great. Mm-hmm. And what ends up happening is, yes, it's a hitman movie, but in, in the majority of hitman movies... The, the action is in the front seat and the dialogue and the story is in the back way, way, way in the back of the car. But in this movie, all that stuff in the back is what's brought up to the front, which is what makes this movie so great. Yeah. It humanizes that 
you know, that story, that tale, it really just makes you, it immerses you in it, and you're like, oh shit, this is probably what it's really like. Like, yeah, sometimes they're going to screw up, and they're going to have to figure out their lives, and yeah, they're going to have no. to call Harvey no. Keitel to come pick no. up the stuff. No, you know 100%, I mean? everything's not just like fucking sunshine. Exactly, dude, and it's ridiculous. Like, and, and Tarantino just makes that so, like, he shows that off so much, and that's what I, that's what I really appreciate about this movie. And everything that he does, I think that this is, if we're talking about Tarantino's story, and his and his career, he's made now nine movies, and this I still think is the pinnacle. Of I his still career. haven't seen Once Upon a Time. I loved Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But it was really good, and I think that you should go see it. It's definitely way better than The Hateful Eight. But yeah. the problem, you know, with all those movies that he's made since Pulp is that I don't think that anyone has been nearly as good. No. I like the Inglorious, but I mean, like, I love a lot. I still love all of his movies. Like, yeah. I, I will die for pretty much every single one of them. But this movie was, I think, his peak and well, his pinnacle. Not hatefully. I, I, yeah, I guess. I, yeah. yeah. I didn't love it. I didn't I love, it. love it. Um, I don't know if you needed that movie, but I understood it. Or I understood why he made it, I think. Um, but yeah, I just think that there's no, this movie is the best. And, and, and he, and I mentioned his lore, right? He's, he's like his own universe in all of his movies. Yeah, this was a big, like, universe building movie mm-hmm. in the scheme of, like, yeah. yeah, Big Kahuna Burger. Big Kahuna Burger. Yeah. The fruit, I, I, yeah, the pack of red apples is a, is a cigarette brand that he made up, and they, I think they reference that in a couple of the next next movies. They yeah. talk about red. There's apples. a lot of like stuff that he like. Oh yeah, I mean, so I love how they're talking about, and we'll get into it. Tony Rocky Horror is the name of a guy, Tony Rocky Hara, but they call him Rocky Horror in yeah, the show. Like it's like it's like it's it's like a sh- it's like a show inside joke. Yeah, like it's a movie inside joke that you don't understand, but they're all saying it. It just like adds to the world. Pack of red apples, big Kahuna burger, obviously huge. The fruit boot cereal that the drug dealers drink. Yeah. Like that's made up cereal because he doesn't want to use brands. Um, Jackrabbit Slims, the restaurant in the movie, was actually not, that wasn't the name of the restaurant. Um, he he kind of just took that and, and ran with it. Um, he builds his own lore um, within this movie, and it's yeah. so cool. I yeah, mean, it's it, like so ridiculous. Yeah, it's like, about all it's, like, it's like Los Angeles, and I've never been to Los Angeles, so I can't really speak on it, but it's like, it's Los Angeles, but it's like, Neo Los Angeles. It's like Quentin Tarantino's It's like Quentin Tarantino's, it's like Quentin Tarantino's Los Angeles. You know? Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's like how Entourage is Doug Allen's version of just like <laughs> yeah, Entourage. Exactly. Of LA where it's just, about all, LA it's just like all like just movie guys stars being dudes. Yeah, cool guys like having sex with everybody. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, this list, Quentin the, Tarantino's Los Angeles is a place where you could walk into a pawn shop and be turned into a leather-wearing sex slave. So, yes. you know, thank you Quentin Tarantino yeah. for that. Um, I love how each kind of chapter... Um, because there's all these different chapters in the movie. That's the non-linear storyline like we talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, each of them could essentially be their own movie. If you think about them in general, they've all, like, yes, they yeah, all tie in. Yeah. And and, I, and it's perfect well, that they all tie the in. But I'm saying, I, like... The only one I argue is except the prelude, or the, like, the, the interlude to the movie in the diner and the apple... And, and the, the end. Yeah, I know I, what you mean. You know, like, I don't think that's a, there's enough there. Right. But the other... Th- Three storylines. I think it's three in the middle of that. Yeah, you have you have the Vincent Vega and Mia Wallace. Wallace. You, you have, have uh, the Bonnie situation. Yeah, and you have the, the Butch. Gimp. You have the Butch and the Gimp. Yep. <coughs> Those could all be their own movies. If no, you think yeah. about them, and that's the way they're set up. Almost like they have their own story. They have their own characters. Yeah. Each each little segment has somebody that comes in and out. You know. Well, what yeah, because I mean? like we and they barely give you like enough backstory to like get in like like the Butch story. Yeah. Like we don't. The only backstory... You get yeah, the backstory. Like, That's you, actually the only one where you get yeah, the backstory. Yeah, but, like, but like, the backstory is still barely like, all right, he's paying him to throw a yeah. fight? See, and like, if you I, didn't I, I pay get. attention... If you didn't pay attention in the beginning of the movie, you wouldn't know who Butch was 
because yeah. you see Bruce Willis talking with Vin, Vin Rhames. So, like, yeah. that's where you have to, like, yeah. yes, they could be their own movies, and at the same time, it's like, yeah, but you need to kind of yeah, know. Like, yeah. It's awesome. You know I mean? It's like yeah. if you took all the Marvel movies and made them into one movie, because now you got pick and choose. It's like, oh, you know, boom. Someone, someone did that. Oh, they did? Yeah, someone. How like, long was the movie? Like, six days? No, no, no. They made it into, like, episodes, but, like, all the movies, like, going on, like, in, like, the timeline. It's pretty sick, actually. So, like, I, I kind of wanted to watch it, but, like, I don't have, like, six days of free time. It's too much. It's too much. Um, so yeah, so let's let's get butta boom chish right into it. So, um, so I want to start with best line. Actually, wait before we do this, I need to talk about the soundtrack. Oh yeah, the wait, soundtrack no, I, I had the killer, fucking awesome, dude, killer soundtrack. So the I soundtrack had... in this movie is fucking legendary, absolutely fucking legendary. There's so many good songs in this, and it gets me so jazzed up. I mean, I like half. I put like most of this music on my own Spotify playlist, and when I had my Spotify wrapped, "Urge Overkill, Girl, You'll Be a Woman Soon" actually was in <laughs> is is one of the songs that like dictated my year. So thank you, Pulp Fiction. Nice. I don't know why I was listening to that also, one. So shout out Plum Fiction. Oh, I God, I, yeah. You never told looking, me about that. I was looking on the Wikipedia page for uh, Pulp Fiction, and there's a there's a parody that came out three years later Plum called Fiction. Plum Fiction, where it's like it's just a parody of Pulp Fiction. I think we need to watch it. Who's in it? Nobody. Yeah, no, Can't absolutely be. nobody. What's it about? It's just a parody. Um, yeah. But well, it, I guess it's plump fiction. Cause, I don't know. It just has a fat, fat suits. It just has a fat Uma Thurman on the cover. Nah, <laughs> like, I can't. I can't do it. They're ruining my favorite poster ever. Um, uh, all right, but yeah, the, sound, dude, the soundtrack though. So it starts off with that Miserlou song, which is what played us into this pod. Um, and then what's cool about it is like that song opening credits. It's like all intense, and then actually you hear a radio tuning that out. And it goes into Jungle Boogie, which is when Vincent and... and uh, yeah, no, there's so many bangers on the soundtrack. But, like, it's the way that they're interwoven into yeah. the story. That's yeah. what's important. Like, the music is great, but Tarantino has this way of, of working music into his movies in a way that, like, really sticks with you, like we like we talked about with Reservoir Dogs. Uh, and in Glorious Bastards, it's the same way. Um, well, yeah, it's cool. The, he, he makes it so it's all, like, diegetic sound, like, on camera. What does that mean? So it's like sound that's like the characters like here in the movie. It's not just like background music. Yes, exactly. Yes. So it's all like it's all like we're stuck in the middle with you. Yeah, when it's, does it's, that, yeah, it's all like in real world stuff. Exactly. So there's no like. There's no, it's not like montage playing there's no, like, over narrative. Like narrative, yes, no, you know no I mean? narrative. Yes, I know what you mean because yes, like when, so when like, like the story Uma, like tells it like it the story like lets itself unra- like unravel. Yes, in, in a, in a absolutely, way. which may, adds like such a real aspect to it that like just really puts you into the movie. Yeah, because it doesn't feel like a movie. It's really you're just like you're just like watching. You're people. just like you're just like in the story, mm-hmm. except you're not like you know. Yeah, in the troublesome situations. Yeah, I mean, hopefully not. Um, like my favorite example of this in Pulp Fiction is. Um, obviously, my favorite example in general is Stuck in the Middle with You when he uses it in Reservoir Dogs. But in this movie, I think it's when Uma plays Urge Overkill's Girl, You'll Be a Woman Soon. Yeah, like, yeah right when the they get back way, to the Yeah, and so like this is like, a little brain blast. Like, that song is about a girl transforming into a woman. This is when she overdoses. Like Think about like the progression that she goes through like as she matures yeah. in that scene. That song sets it up. And just like the way she's jamming out, it's just like it all just, it all just plays off of each other. Um, it's so good. It's so good. The, the soundtrack, 10 out of 10. Couldn't have used better music. And then I remember reading something about how when they used You Can Never Tell, Chuck Berry's song in the dance scene, the wicked famous dance scene in the opening, mm-hmm. um, I remember there was an interview. He was talking to Uma Thurman, and he played her the song, and she's like, why? Like, this is a bad song. This doesn't work. And he just goes, just work. Just trust me. It's going to work. 
and like, is there ever been a doubt in your mind that there would be a better song it's than that? So like it, like the way that the guitar riff opens this, like opens the song up, and then they immediately start dancing. Like, it's so, it's absolutely perfect. It's a staple. It gets me so freaking jazzed up just talking about it. But <laughs> is there anything we want to talk about with that soundtrack? Yeah. I mean, nah, you kind of covered all of it. I'm just gonna say this right now. This is gonna be a lot of monologuing. Yeah. And you, I know you're prepared like, for that to happen, but. Like, like, stop me! Like, stop not, me yeah. when you need me to. Yeah, if Dan, if Dan ever knows me, I'm just gonna throw the Santa head. I, I mean, like this is this is going to be a podcast where I talk the entire time, and it's been 20 minutes, and I probably have already done 19 minutes of talking. Nah. So right, just well, stop let's, me when let's I get in the best line. Yeah. So so do you how wanna, many do you have? Uh, I have right. way too many. I only have I have five eight, on here, but it's only ones I wrote. All right, I have ten. Okay. And I say let's do them all. Alright. What do you got? Uh, you give it. me one, I'll give you one. Alright. Uh, I just shot my... Or, like, this is Oh, you got This is a verbatim quote, but... Yeah. It's like... I, uh, he goes... I think I just shot Marvin in the face. He goes, oh, man, I shot Marvin, Marvin in the face. face. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Dude, oh. It's just like... What a great scene. So what a these, great way to... A lot of these best lines, like, aren't, like... Like, yeah, like, it's important to the story, because, you know, like, he shoots him in the face, obviously. Yeah. But it's like... I just... I don't know. It's like... I know what you... Actually... Just, like, the situation is so, like... Like, he's just so casual. Yeah, about it. like that. He's not like like, dude. If you were in a car, like even if you were like that kind of like person and like lived that kind of lifestyle, yeah, like you wouldn't flip the fuck out. No, you would literally. Shoot act, someone. You would probably say that. Like, dude, like, how do people kill people? Like dude. people kill people. Like freak out when they do it. Like when they know they're gonna do it. Yeah, but when they're hitmen, like they do it all the time, and it happens. It's like an inconvenience to them. They're like, oh man. Shot Marvin. And, like, Sam Jackson's freaking out, but, yeah. but John Travolta's like, oh, man, I shot Marvin. Yeah, the way he delivers that is so perfect. Actually, funny that you mentioned that. So all the quotes that I have pretty much don't have anything to do with the actual storyline and driving the plot. They're just, like, great lines of dialogue. Yeah. Because of the way that this movie is set up, mm-hmm. you're just going to get all these great snippets because it's just people having a conversation. You know what yeah. I mean? Santa hat looks awesome on you, by the way. Um, I got, you know what they call a quarter pounder with cheese in France? Royale with cheese. Like, such a staple line. That's just so, Are you like, kidding me? Like A lot of these lines are just so, like, in pop culture and, like, mainstream. You just, like, we, we're going to have to say that. And, like, if you don't go to a McDonald's and say that and the person at McDonald's doesn't get it, then you should go to Burger King. Yeah, or they stupid. just, like, or you just still go to McDonald's. Like, yeah, I, mean, I love like Burger that. King. What? I only go twice a week. All right, oh, next one, you. <laughs> All right, this is from Sam Jackson when they're, they're in the, um, they're in the car cleaning up all Marvin's blood. Oh, yeah. And he's, like... And uh, Vincent, is I can't like, wait for you to butcher the Sam Jackson impression. No, no, I'm not. I'm not doing the impression. <laughs> I'm not doing the impression. Just do it. All right, I'll try. But I gotta set up the scene first. Right. So uh, Vincent is talking to Sam Jackson, and he's like, you know, like talking about like philosophy or something. Yeah. And Sam Jackson's like, the motherfucker that said that shit never had to pick up any bitty pieces of skull on account of your dumb ass. <laughs> wow, I can't believe I said well that. Well done. Was really that was really good. That was really good. Um, yeah, great, great little quip from him. All right. He's hilarious. Um, I got my name's Pitt. Yo ass ain't talking your way out of this shit. That's like right before he fucking murders Brett in the Big Kahuna Burger scene. Oh, oh, Love well, that one. Well, my next line from that is I have um, when uh, Mar- Mar- oh, Marvin answers Marvin. he's talking to the guy. He just turns around. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely fucking beautiful. Dude. So like, here's and, and the, when we talk about best scene, obviously we'll talk about that. But I want I'm li- I'm willing to like when we talk about best line. His entire monologue. Yeah, in that it's scene. honestly so. Every line can be construed as the best. As line soon as they walk into that room, so let's just say right now that I can't, I can't have any of those with the best line. No, and that's actually. Do you have my name's Pitt, that? and you're asking talking your way out of this shit is the only one that I said. For the that only scene. one I put was. Um, yeah, I don't remember asking you because that whole other thing we'll talk about in best yeah. scene. That's good. Um, that's pride fucking with you. Fuck pride. Pretty great Ving Rams impression by me. Um, 
<coughs> I got another one, the bartender. He says this, my name's Paul, this shit's between y'all. So now you've got, my name's Pitt, your ass ain't talking your way out of this shit, and my name's Paul, this shit's between y'all. Like, the way that yeah, he writes the dialogue in this movie is so, like, weird, and, like, yeah. they all talk in, like, these, all right, like, yo, weird underrated euphemisms. Line, underrated line, at the end, when the wolf is leaving with Raquel, yeah. and, and he's like, he's like, say goodbye, Raquel. Say goodbye, Raquel. She literally just says, say goodbye, Raquel. She just says, isn't she Raquel? <laughs> I don't know. I don't get it either. Uh, like, and everything that Mia Wallace says in this movie is, like, like in a dream. Like, oh, yeah, well, my next line is from Mia Wallace. That's when you know you found someone really special. When you can yep. just shut the fuck, fuck up, up and enjoy, and enjoy the silence. silence. I got that one too. That's a cute little That's quote. a great, I love her. Yeah. Um, I got, you should hey, live your life by that. I, you absolutely should. I got, mind if I shoot up here? Hey man, mi casa es su casa. <laughs> it's fucked, but it's hilarious. Hey, um, oh, my favorite Mia Wallace line. Go make yourself a drink and I'll be down in two shakes of a lamb's tail. Yeah, like, you, what you is say, that? You say that all the I time. literally say that all the time. I'll be back in two shakes of a lamb's tail. Like, I know that's probably been said somewhere. I don't think that's her original, like, but that's, like, so, so like, who speaks like that? Yeah. Like, that's why I just love this movie, because everybody just talks in these fucking weird ways. Um, what else? What do you got? Uh, the whole quote from, uh, fucking, what's his name? Uh, Christopher Walken. So the whole story? The way your dad looked at it, this watch was your birthright. Was your He'd birthright. be damned if any... <laughs> don't say it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot of re- insert racist quotes. Yeah, way too yeah. many racist things. Yeah, sorry, Quentin Tarantino. I won't yeah, say what's wrong it. with And the one that? place he knew he could hide something. His Z- ass. ass. Five long years he wore this watch up his ass. And <laughs> he died of dysentery. Five <laughs> long years he wore this up his ass. <laughs> he died of dysentery. I had this uncomfortable piece of metal up my metal ass for two ass years. For two years. Then, after seven years, I was sent home to my family. And now, little man... I give the watch to you. <laughs> the kid just like grabs it out of his head. Yeah. yeah. I hung this hunk of metal in my ass. Yeah. Two a, lot years. Of, a lot of racism in this movie. Yeah, way too much. It's not necessary. Um, but I do love the whole, like, you're, the funniest thing about like the dialogue in this movie is that like, somebody will be talking and then it's like, you go like this and then all of a sudden it's just like, boom, they say something and you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like in the beginning when Tim Roth and that lady are talking, um, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh shit, they're talking about how they're going to rob this place. And then he just starts screaming. It's like the same in that scene. Yeah. He's like telling the story and then he just goes, he hit it in his ass. And if you weren't listening at that point, yeah. you're definitely listening now because he's talking about sticking something up no, his ass. No, it sounds just like a, like a, like a so, tame, like, scene. Yeah, it's so just, nonchalant. Like, he's just like, yeah, it's in my ass. Yeah, um, yeah hilarious part. Um, oh, this is, I got one. When Ving Rams goes, no, nah, man. I'm pretty fucking far from, from okay. okay. And that leads into just like a great little splurge from Ving Rhames. He's yeah. like, will you hear me, hillbilly bitch? I'm gonna get medieval on your ass. Like the way that he talks to Zed in that scene. Absolutely unmatched. We'll talk about that more in the best scene. Um, oh man, I shot Marvin in the face. You said that. And then I think, in it, I don't know, if I were to pick the best line from this movie, I think it's kind of hard. Um, there's so many great lines, but if I were to, if I were to pick one that is the most important and dri- not drives the plot, but just like you pick it out of it, it's said by Bruce Willis. Zed has been murdered, um, or he's about to be. It's after the gimp scene, and he gets onto the bike with his really super annoying girlfriend, and he said, and she's it's what we mentioned at the beginning of the pod. We brought us in, and he says, "Zed's dead, baby. Zed's dead." It's Classic. the best line. I think it's the best line in the movie. It's funny because it's said it's by like Bruce so, Willis. It's so like nonchalant. It's dude. so weird too. Yeah. It's like why you don't in that situation. I wouldn't have said that. Yeah. I would have explained who Zed was if 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 all of that had just happened. But he just goes, "Zed's dead, baby. Zed's dead," and then drives off in the distance. I think it. it that's the, actually the end of the movie. I think if you connect it all, um, is that that's the last scene. But um, 
Yeah, anymore. Zed's Dead. I mean, that's dude. That moved. There was li- there's literally like an EDM or tech band, techno band that like named their fucking band oh, Zed? after. The, the, no, the band is called Zed's Dead, and oh. I'm pretty sure Zed is a part of. I don't know too much about like oh, EDM so culture or whatever. Zed Dead. Zed to Dead. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't. I don't get the tech. Zed scene. two. Zed. Zed dead. Zed two. Zed's dead. Um, yeah, I think Zed's dead. Baby. Zed's, Zed's dead, baby. dead is is by far the best line in the movie. Yeah. Um, if you have anything to argue, maybe the Royale with cheese one. Um, no, because that's I really such a don't. Staple, but no, 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 it's got to be Zed's dead. Yeah. No, the only other quotes I have would compete with it are from that scene. We'll yeah. That. Yeah. So let's just do it. Let's get into the best scene. So I actually, so only have four best scenes. Um, and it's, it's hard because this movie's broken up into, like, chapters like we talked about, right? Like, all these different chapters. And they're really long. Like, the last one is probably 45 minutes of screen time um, with the Bonnie situation, and it bleeds into another thing. But this is uh, this is interesting. So so my first nominee is so big the Big Kahuna Burger scene. Um but I, but I kind of, I kind of sectioned it off from. You mean pretty big, much. You, you mean the big uh, Ezekiel rant, right? I pretty much said from the moment that they walk into the room. So yes, it's fun when they're talking in the car and all that stuff outside. But oh yeah, yeah. I'm just talking about just in the in the apartment, but only in the beginning. Of no, the I say as soon as he walks into the apartment because you get. You get the whole. No, 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 no. I mean, only in like the beginning, not when they go back to the apartment. Correct, the correct, correct, correct. Up until they shoot Brett. Um, from the moment they walk into the apartment to the moment that they shoot Brett. Um, it's so great because you get, like, this whole little... You get, like, the briefcase Easter egg, like, what's in the briefcase, the yeah. Vincent Marcellus Walls, back of the neck theory. Um, this is when Big Kahuna Burger comes into play. Yep. You learn about... It's just, like, some great lines. Like, I heard they have some tasty burgers. burgers. Never had them myself. How are they? Or he goes, mind if I have some? Yeah. He, Can I get some of this delicious oh, Sprite? I'm a little thirsty. He goes, was in it? Sprite? Mind if I, or he goes, if I have some of this to wash down mm, this delicious this burger, burger or whatever. Or he walks in and he goes, well, it seems like I caught you guys in breakfast. What you having? Burgers. <laughs> Burgers for breakfast. The cornerstone of any delicious breakfast. Like, he just, like, like friggin' Sam oh, Jackson just walks it's just, in, it's, it's dick so out, Sam and just, Jackson just destroys the, the scene. Probably my favorite Sam Jackson moment of all time. Um, so many good quotes for just from that scene. I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? Did I break your concentration? Allow me to retort. Oh, you were finished? Allow, Allow me, me to, to retort. retort. And then, you know, Ezekiel 2517, like that whole monologue that he gives. I like the monologue that he starts off with when he when he starts asking Brett, what does Marcellus Wallace look like? Does he look like a bitch? What? What what, what ain't no country I ever heard of? They speak English or what? English, English, English motherfucker, do you speak it? Like, I actually, wait a minute. Yeah, that's fuck. the best line yeah. in the movie. Right, Throwback. Um, well, we're, we're gonna retroactively. It's, it's, yeah, we retroactively because all of our best lines are in these. It's pretty much in this. Yeah, scene. we had to hold back. English motherfucker, do you speak it? I mean, that's like that's amazing. That's just peak. You ever read the Bible, Brett? Well, there's a little passage I know. Ezekiel twenty five seventeen. The path, the of, path the of the righteous man, man is beset of all sides by the... You don't have to do that, nah, thing. Yeah, we know. Not, and you're going to kill it anyways, it's but... It's too much. Uh, yeah, that, I mean, dude, the fact that, like, he says... And now he all... I mean, he brings that same quote back in at the end of the movie when he's in the diner with Tim Roth again. Um, bad month, My Walt's one that says bad motherfucker on it. Like, <laughs> like Sam Jackson's just out here fucking throwing... Banging threes the whole time. He's killing it. Um, that's, that's just such a great scene. Has so much... It's so much just Sam Jackson. Yeah. Like, it's nobody else but Sam Jackson that scene. Frickin' John Travolta doesn't do anything. 
Um, the guy who plays the guys, yeah, agreed. The guy who plays Brett John Wally Whaley, um, he's actually not terrible, but like I like, I got your name. You're Vincent, but you, I didn't get. My name's Pitt. Yo, ass ain't talking your way out of this shit. Like, it's just Sam Jackson. He walks in and he controls the scene because he's the baddest motherfucker in the room, but also, like, he's the best actor in the room and he's just laying it all out oh, there. Oh, by far. He's killing it in that scene. Every second that is not Sam Jackson is a second wasted because that scene is him and he's murdering every second. It's big, amazing. And I love facts. it. Um, so, the next one I'd nominate would be, like, the whole. I, I'm split between because I only want to put one per, like, chapter, really. Yeah, well, let's talk. But I'm split between. Deciding whether the twist, yeah, or the um, the OD, yeah, like, so, like that section because I because I think that's a great like a great part. In the dude, movie. honestly, I'm willing to just say that entire chapter. The the Vincent Vega Mia Wallace pretty much from the moment that he gets to Mia's house, you have that whole precursor where he's with the drug dealer and he meet and you meet his girl his wife or whatever. But none of that really matters. It's the moment that Vincent, and then you have the whole shooting up heroin scene. Like, don't know if you need that. Um, when Vincent gets into Mia's house, for, and, and then for pretty much from there to the end of the chapter, it's it's just it's one big scene and it's amazing. Yeah. Um, that's my favorite part in the movie. That's the I think that's the best part in the movie, in all honesty. So I'd be willing like just when yeah, he like he gets the house, crashes, yeah. crashes the car in the house. But I'm so, I'm talking about like, like when he meets Mia for the first time. Oh, even like the and, he, and you have the like the. The get or the Photoshop the gif of him, Dusty Springfield, son of a preacher man, playing one in the of back. All time great Photoshop moments. Oh, where he's you just can like, drop that into anything where he's yeah. just like looking confused, yeah. like and, like Mia's over the intercom. Like the whole nature of that scene is so odd. Like he, she is, she's up in the intercom and she's watching him on the TVs and she's talking to him in like these weird innuendos and euphemisms and you know it's on the wall by the two African fellows. Like you just like introduced to like this this idea of Mia Wallace like this dreamlike character who just seems surreal, like everything she says just doesn't seem like, it doesn't seem to fit in. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, it like, it works perfectly. And she and John Travolta in their current states, because he's zooted out on heroin and she's pretty much coke to the max. Yo, um, those lines she was doing of coke, dude, are literally just like the size she would be of my dead. figure. She'd be dead. Um, and so it's Absolutely like, suited. it's ridiculous, but like the two of them just kind of work together in this perfect harmony. Um, and they, and, and in that scene, their relationship grows obviously because of what they go through, which is part of the reason also why I love it. Um, it's like, got that such a weird moment when they pull up to the Jackrabbit Slims and he's like, let's go get a steak. And she's like, no, you get a steak here, man. Don't be a square and she freaking does a little animation <laughs> they do that in spongebob too yeah, they do. <laughs> we're not talking about this or this we're talking <laughs> about this <laughs> like she fucking like what like, what what even is that like why are you putting that in the movie like Tarantino's that, probably just like this would be funny <laughs> <laughs> he was probably just as coked out as she was and he's like just making a fucking so he's on just like the right amount of cocaine exactly <laughs> you said that yeah. he's just like teetering like the perfect line he's, he's, of like he's ridiculous he's zoomed yeah. enough to always be talking but Exactly. Not enough to get in like a rage. And yeah, breaks him. Yeah, windows. exactly. He's just like he's right there, man. And and that little square that she draws out, I, I don't understand it. I never will. But I think <laughs> it's talk, fucking hilarious. We're not talking about this. <laughs> this, or this. We're talking about this. Oh, all right. So yeah, back. Best wait, scene. Wait, whoa! I'm, I'm not. I'm not done here. So, 
I'm not done here. Um, the, there's a, so the tracking shot when they're walking into the restaurant for yeah. the first time brings you a little Scorsese s here with the tracking shots. You know, what, we don't what is really, it back to Goodfellas when yeah when we're talking Copacabana. Uh, yeah, we're yeah, talking exactly. Copacabana tracking shot. He he, you, you walk into Jack Rabbit Slims with Mia and and John Travolta, and the camera's like kind of on Travolta the whole time. But it's time. also like it's a little. It's not like under, but it's a little lower. It is. It's a little lower than Travolta. But, like, it's capturing kind of his reactions as you're walking through the yeah, restaurant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you see him, like, he, he's looking around, he's confused. That was like a fucking idiot. He does, he does he, look like an idiot. You know, he's but, in a restaurant absolutely high off his ass. And, like, like in the restaurant, it, to be fair, it's very it's stupid. Like, the, like, it's got, like, what are those, is it just, like, yeah, I don't know. soapbox like, cars? I don't know. Race? No, that's, it's like, it's like those. Like I used to do that in the Cub Scouts. Like, yeah, yeah, I don't know I, what those I, little race, the, those little race cars are. I don't know. Um, I don't know what those are, but yeah, you're right. It's got like all these little gimmicky things, like from the '50s, and I, I think I cool. I like the aesthetic. I think it's cool, and it sets no, the scene really no, yeah. well. No, it looks very um, cool. It's just like some it's of the so weird, but like, yeah, but like the, we're the thinking Marilyn Monroe, yeah, there too, and we're thinking that because of how Vincent is reacting to the whole thing. Yeah. Like Mia loves the idea of the restaurant, but Vincent's like, no, this is fucking stupid. This is weird. I don't get yeah. this. Um, and the tracking shot kind of helps you, helps you visualize that. Um, the restaurant. As pulp as the movie I wrote, yeah, the restaurant itself. I mean, the the idea of this movie, Pulp Fiction, is that um, Pulp Fiction is the like the, the old the old comics, the old cartoons, like these these like you know cheesy kind of pulpy comic books and, and cartoons that were made back in like the fifties and the sixties. That's where he drew his inspiration from with this movie. Yeah, and the and restaurant visualizes that cartoons stuff in the movie. Too. Yeah, exactly, and just like the way the movie shot and the way that people talk, it all contributes to that aspect of like this pulpy cartoon that, you know, or this pulpy comic book. Um, so the restaurant kind of idealizes that, you know, as a whole. Um, Steve Buscemi cameo as the Buddy Holly waiter. Kind of sick. Honestly, doesn't didn't even notice it. Yeah, it's young, it's, it's young Steve Buscemi um, yeah. as the waiter. Um, so, and then we get into the twist scene, obviously. Great, great part. Yeah, it's so, so iconic. Just the whole dancing. Iconic. We talk about the song, yeah. um, how perfect it is set into the movie. Just the, just the whole, like, a lot of people you probably, if you think about this movie, you can visualize mm-hmm. that whole the whole Jack Rabbit Slim, like the whole dance floor. Yeah, the you know exactly where you are now yeah. because the, we've ta- we, you've taken us through the restaurant. So when they get up in the middle of the restaurant, it's like all eyes on them. Yeah, you focusing on them is, and that's what kind of attributes to just the magic of the scene and how great the dancing. Like, not only is the dancing awesome, like the way that they're dancing is just fucking phenomenal, but like everything about it just seems like surreal as a character. Mia, like, she's, like, we'll talk about Uma Thurman as we get into it, but, you know, like, it's just, like, is this real? Like, what's going on here? Like, this yeah. is, just doesn't seem real, but at the same time, it's so awesome. It's fucking perfect. Absolutely. Um, so, and then that brings us into the next, the overdose part. We're still in this, this chapter, because it's my favorite scene in the movie, and I wrote down so much shit. So, yeah, my, I, what I like about the overdose so much is that just, oh, wait, now i got to find the line. There's one line from Lance. I mean, you oh, yeah. played so, in. So, oh yeah, Lance wait, plays like, a great role. When Lance picks up the phone, he's like, "Are you calling me on the cell phone? Yeah. I don't know you. Who is this? Don't come here. I'm hanging up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Yeah, he's like, I love Lance in that scene. I think he's hilarious. Then um, when you bring a fucked up OD bitch to my house, you know, you do the shot. But when I bring a fucked up OD bitch to your house, I'll do the fucking shot. Like, and what I love about the tension in that scene is we were talking about it, like. You know, obviously she ODs, it's crazy, he brings her to Lance's house, and then, like, from there, the moment that he gets into Lance's house, it's just, like, this it's chaos. And this attributes more to the screenplay and the dialogue and the nature of the story, because, like, think about, if you were in a, if you were in a normal Hitman movie and somebody OD'd, it would be like, boom, ha, ah, did the shot, I'm all good. But, like, this is, it's all unraveling. Like, 
everybody's freaking out. Nobody knows what to do. It's like very human. It's very real. Like even the drug dealer Lance, like he doesn't know what to do. He's never done this before, and he vocalizes yeah, and, that. And just the way, all right, small gripe at the scene. Yeah, the, his Lance's wife or girlfriend, the worst mm. character. The, the literally the least helpful character. She's, she's being so unhelpful. Just, she's like she's just, just like asking questions. Like be, they clearly don't know the it, answers. It would be more helpful if she would just stay in the room and shut the fuck up. Yeah, exactly. Like, she doesn't seriously. do anything. Like, yeah. she, she, she made it worse. Yeah, she doesn't. She doesn't do. All she's doing is putting it off. She's not getting him the fucking felt pen that he needs. Um, yeah, that's just like I love. Like you know, he's arguing. He's arguing with Lance about what to do, how to do it. He wants to, you to do it. You know, you do it. You, I'm not doing it. Like. Yeah. And then, like, you know, and then the tension that as soon as, like, and there's, like, oh, all yeah. this dialogue and all this stuff, and then it just goes dead quiet as he, like, holds the fucking needle up, and you, it focuses on the needle as it's dripping, and it just, like, adds to the, t- like, every time I watch this scene, I'm just like, <gasps> dude, like, my, I, my heart just stops. Yeah, like, like, we, I know we watched happen. it, we knew, we knew it was happening. Yeah, we literally said like, that. Uh, like, we know uh, it's gonna happen, but I'm still so tense. Little Easter egg, they filmed that whole stabbing scene in reverse, um, to make it like he, it's a very quick shot of him stabbing her. But yeah, it was filmed in reverse, which I think is kind of sick. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the tension, the tension in that whole thing is just so perfect. Um, and then it all just kind of ends, you know, like, and that's exactly what happens, you know, like in real life, it just kind of ends. There's really no backlash. It's just oh, it's over, whatever. Thank God. And then they go back to the house, and Mia tells him the story, and she finally tells him the joke. And it's just like that is like the perfect like icing on the cake. The joke I think is the perfect icing on the cake to that whole like chapter because it's like this whole story about two people who it was a lot of tension and he was really nervous about taking me out to dinner and he didn't know what was going to happen. He didn't know how it was going to go. And then this whole fucked up thing happens mm-hmm. and he has to overcome it. And now it's like we're good. Like everything is fine. Yeah. And I just I, I mean, in all honesty, that's my favorite. No, scene no, no. It's, really. it's a really nice like tie up at the end. It does. It's perfect. It just puts the bow right on yeah. it. Um, by far my favorite scene in the movie. I know I've said that a million times but it's just so perfect all right well um, now to the next I, scene i have two other ones in and this no 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 i was like fuck Sorry, it, I was bro, what, about this what, one like, for like 15 minutes no yeah uh, <laughs> uh the gimp and the wolf mm-hmm. let's talk about the gimp first yeah so the gimp i mean honestly the only great the only parts i really care about in the whole that whole gimp storyline don't care about Bruce Willis's wife don't care really give a shit about the fight yeah only parts i care about is when he is from when he sees marcellus to Zed's dead, baby. Yeah, so I pretty much said the same thing. I said from the moment that he kills John Travolta to the moment that Zed Yeah, dies. All right, yeah, that's, that's, like, that's a little before. But just when he... As yeah, soon as, as soon he, he leaves the hotel room. Wallace, he's like, yeah, fuck. Oh, my God, and the way that... He just drives through him. The way that he... First of all, the way that he kills Travolta is hilarious. Yeah. Like, it just, boom, it's over. Travolta's dead. And if you're watching the movie, you're like, what the fuck? Like, he's dead? Yeah. The movie's, like, halfway over. What's going on? Um, and, like, it's so human. Like, Travolta walks in. It's like, what we're we talking about? He probably walked into the building. He wasn't going to, like, sit and camp out. He was going to go take a shit. Yeah. He was well, make some hair, food. Hair edition. Exactly. Yeah. Hair edition was oh, is that right? Bathroom okay, yeah. well, there you go. I didn't that's, know that. That's, that's um, why he's always on the toilet. Okay, well, there you go. That makes sense. Um, and that's when he dies. Like, it's so human. And then, you know, Bruce Willis walks out. And even the way that he sees Marcellus Wallace is so human. Like, Marcellus Wallace is going to get fucking donuts. Like, he's not, like, scoping them out and yeah, waiting for Yeah, he's just walking. He's just walking down the street. And you motherfucker and he just bangs into him and then as soon as he hits him with his car like it's just a fucking all out boom like you are you are sucked in yeah. quick Kathy Griffin cameo what was she was she, was she F-less at so that point weird. working her way up to the dealer so so weird that she's in that scene this is the first time I noticed that and I've seen this movie a hundred times um the way yeah and so and this is and you mentioned you know it's the most Tarantino plotline ever that Two random pawn shop guys, or 
a pawn shop owner and his best friend who's gay, who's a security guard, who rides a chopper. They're like, hey, we're gonna fuck these guys. His name is Zed. And he's like, hey, we're gonna, we're gonna fucking sell, I don't even know what their plan is. It's so demented and messed up. Um, And then it brings out the gimp. So the song actually is called Bring Out the Gimp, the music that's playing throughout that entire process. Mm. Um, And what I notice is, the scene, or when, when, once they do Eeny, Meeny, Miny, Mo, how about the fucking tension in that? Think about, you know, at, at this point... Well, 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 in your head, you're thinking, you're just like, you're just like, wait a minute. You're like, what's going which, on? Which one's he going to do? Yeah. Which one's he going to do? And you, you almost like, you almost know what's going to happen, but nobody said it at this point. Yeah. But you almost know, you're like, this is not going to be good. So like, when he lands on on Marcellus for the Eeny, Meeny, Miny, Mo, and the camera like pans to Marcellus, yeah, you're just like... You're like Fuck. <laughs> You're like, I don't know what's going to happen, but this is not going to be good. Yeah, it, it is and, not and good and at it all. It was worse than anything. It is way worse than anything imagined. you could imagine. You're so right. Um, the way that they, when they bring out the gimp, like they keep the camera on Bruce Willis and, and, and Ving Rams's faces in the background as they bring the gimp yeah, out. Yeah, because like, you see like the fear, because like they can't turn around. All no, they hear is but just they like can the hear shit going on in the background. Chains like, rattling. And, like, oh my God, it's so demented. It's absolutely ridiculous. Again, I don't even understand why you need it. This, but well, it's so probably iconic. Like kick out of just writing the scene. He did. He did. He's like, I want to put this in. The movie. It's so it's so typical of him to just emasculate the two masculine characters and just make them like totally. Human. Well, yeah, we're talking about that. It's just the two most masculine characters in the movie, no. like like, phys- like physically. Yeah, like, absolutely. Bruce Willis is a fucking. He's a tank, fresh off Die Hard. He's a dude. He's a freaking killer boxer. Literally murders people in the ring. Yeah. Ving Rhames is a freaking, Ving Rhames. He's a bad. He's a Rames. It's just Ving Rhames. It's just Arby's Ving Rhames. Um, he's killing it. Um, and you're right, and Carantino just humanizes the fuck out of the two of them. Um, and it's just, from there on out, it's great. You get, I think, Ving Rhames' best moments in the movie. Yeah. Um, he's awesome. But that's his still, you know, that's his biggest yeah. part. Obviously, yeah. it's the only time you really see him. But he's, you know, no, nah, man, I'm pretty fucking far from okay. Like, yeah. it's a great... The music also in that scene when they first bring uh, Ving Rhames back in the room. Mm-hmm. And, um, the slow motion opening of the door, closing of the door, the slow motion cocking of the shotgun when he gets back up. Bruce Willis casually taking out a, or not casually. I like the progression that Bruce Willis goes through when he picks out all the different fucking tools that he's going to kill people with. Because it's like, oh, I'm not going to use this. I'm not going to use this. It's like he gets, he goes from ball peen hammer to bat to chainsaw to fucking samurai sword. And it's like perfect, a perfect progression of like cool things. Like if I was, if I was looking for something to kill somebody with, I'd probably go through the same progression. And yeah, like, like he, 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 uh, he just sword. picks him up and like kind of like, not tries him yeah. up, but just like, kind of holds him, you know, he holds him like he holds everything in Die Hard 2 and, and uh, Die Hard 2, Die Harder. Die Hard 2, Die Harder. And, uh, and he comes down and just slices the dude and kills him and then Ving Rhames with the shotgun and, it's like you're so happy that it worked out that way because you're like, how is this going to play out? It plays out perfectly. Like, and that's not how most Tarantino movies go, but this is the kind of thing that just like plays out and you're like, thank God that all happened. Him and Marcellus are friends now. This is great. Um, great scene. Butch and Marcellus is, is like such a great kind of part. Um, and you get that whole backstory. And that's really, I mean, essentially that's kind of like the nucleus of the plot. It's all derived around this, you know, kind of the idea that Marcellus and Butch and fix the fight, and a lot of it kind of revolves around that, so mm-hmm. you finally get that explained. Um, and then the last scene that I have is Jimmy, when well, you meet Jimmy and you meet the wolf. Yep. Um, Winston Wolf. Winston the wolf, played by Harvey Keitel, Absolutely. who is just peak Perfect. Harvey Keitel. I mean, he is... So yeah, I mean, let's set the scene a little bit. So, they, this is after the, uh, Vincent kills Marvin. Yep, Vincent kills Marvin. They're freaking out. They go to Jimmy's. They gotta go to Jimmy's. Jimmy by, has a very... Played by Tarantino. 
Like, Such rant. an unnecessary rant. Yep. I don't, I don't get it. I don't get a Quentin. I don't get. I don't get your racism. <laughs> yeah. But um, it's not even like casual racism. It's not it's casual. Just, it's like, really aggressive. Really a lot of animosity. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's just great. You know, this is the most human scene in the whole movie. If we're talking about this idea of humanizing oh, yeah, the story, just, just like, it, they're like, fuck, we don't know. Everyone's had a freak out where they, Every, where, yeah. where they, where they're calling someone and they're freaking out. I need help. I need help. You know, and then they get the help. Yeah, exactly. You know? It all like ends up getting resolved, but like the tension, there's so much tension and there's so much, there's so much animosity coming from John Travolta as well. Um, he's pissed off that he's in this situation. He probably feels guilty that he killed Marvin, so he feels like it's his fault, and he's mad, and everybody's mad at him, and he's he's yelling at Jimmy, he's yelling at Sam Jackson, he's yelling at the Wolf, like. Um, this is all this, you know, strut like this. Is all stuff that would be going on in real life if any of us were in this situation. They're arguing like little kids when they're when they're cleaning up the car, um, and I think that like the way that he walks, the Tarantino walks us through like the delicateness of the situation in terms of what's exactly going to happen if Bonnie comes home and she finds out this is going to happen. This is going to happen. So we need yeah. X, Y, and Z to happen. And like you no, are, it's, like, it's all very methodical. It's so like, methodical, it's but it's like, it's it's perfect because it makes you feel. But it's like, like well, the thing is, it's not like a cool, calm, collective methodical. It's a frantic. It methodical. is, yeah. So they're like they're like rushing. They're like, okay, we gotta do this, this, this. We have to like figure this out. And like our classic, it's like we're on say it's drug. <laughs> yeah, it's like we're doing. It's out. like it's like we're friggin' what's his name, uh, Henry Hill, yeah. Goodfellas. You know, exactly. Bring us back. Bring us back to the first pod. So, I mean, it's crazy. It's it's that's yeah. that's a great scene. The fact that Tarantino made a UC Santa Cruz banana slugs T-shirt an icon is is ridiculous. I I was I worked with this kid over the summer, and he showed up to work one day in a UC Santa Cruz banana the same shirt that John Travolta wears, and I'm like, dude, oh, that's the shirt from Pulp Fiction. He goes, yeah, dude, and if if you go, you can go on UC Santa Cruz's college website and go to like their school store, and it's literally titled the shirt from Pulp Fiction. It's not titled. Banana slug shit. Yeah, because they know. But like the fact that you just turned that into a freaking icon is ridiculous. It's it's not the shirt from Pulp Fiction. It shouldn't be, but it is. It is. Um, and this is also like once they put those clothes on. If you're watching this movie for the first time and you have no idea what's going on, now when they put the clothes on, it's finally starting to come together. Yeah, that's an online story. Like, oh, it's time back because you see with Butch, they walk into the bar exactly, and they're making fun of the clothes, and now it's like, oh, you understand why they're clothes. So you're probably still confused at this point. Um, and then, you know, obviously by the end of the movie, when they go into the diner, um, yeah, it ties it all back. It ties pretty much everything back together and you can at least say, okay, I get where this fits in, but how, how does it work? Um, this is kind of where it starts. Um, so yeah, so let's go back through kind of what we just talked about. So we we talked for a while. Yeah. So we got the, what does he look like? The, yeah, kind of like the big Kahuna Burger scene. Yeah. You know, when they walk into the when they walk in the famous Sam Jackson scene. Everyone yeah. knows what we're talking about. The Mia and Vincent scene. The whole chapter, kind of the whole right. chapter, pretty much from when Mia meets Vincent. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, the Gimp, the Gimp, Butch from and, when, from Butch when and Marcellus, yep. that whole kind of yeah, the whole basically their whole interaction yep. together on screen. But, but like just kind of when he yeah. runs into yeah, Vincent, yeah. when it started, when it starts up. yes, um, and, then and then the Wolf, Jimmy and the Wolf. So we really we only have four if you think about it, four nominees, like. The diner scene, the, the opening scene is great. I want to do this movie justice. Like, the opening scene is awesome. We don't really talk about Tim Roth too much. He does a good job. He's not doing anything above above and beyond. The diner scene at the end is not terrible. I love it. Um, but it does kind of drone on at points. It's, just, yeah. it's great. You get some great Sam Look, Jackson. we're going to be honest. We skipped it to come record. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, that's how much I didn't, I've seen, I didn't need to see it again. I've seen it so many Every times. Every other scene, point, I like, had to. I really wanted to like, yeah. make sure I sat and watched. And it I love again. the ending diner scene is great because a lot of it does tie together, but it's just not, I don't think it's in, in near the caliber that a lot of these other scenes are. Um, 
So, with that being said, let's nominate one. My, so, I'm using a lock it in. Me and Vincent. I'm doing it. Me it's, and Vincent. Me and Vincent's scene in this movie, I think, is the best. Honestly, I'll give that to you. Counter lock in. Well, it's not counter lock in because I'm locking it in with you, but like I'll give that to you just because it's the most, like, it's not human, mo- most human moment, but yeah. it's like the most. Like, you could not even care about this whole story at all. Yeah. You if know? you just saw that, you'd love it. Yeah. If what, you just saw this. Yeah, what is this marriage story? Yeah. <laughs> What did I say? Did I say that? <laughs> so what, you what said that I, at some point in the movie. I thought that when Jimmy was talking about how he was going to get divorced. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. She comes home, I'm going to get fucking divorced, man. Marriage yeah. Story. Um, by the way, watch Marriage Story. Great yeah. movie. Um, so, but yeah, Mia and Vincent, it's just the best. And we'll talk about performance in a bit, but and you'll know kind of why I love the scene so much. But yeah, that's my lock it in. Yeah. It's the best. Sweet. The dancing, come on. Every, right. Couples costumes. Let's lock it in. Boom. Lock, last lock it in. Right. Wow, we uh, don't really use them. All right, boys, um, we're back. Sorry about that first break. So we didn't have a second one. We just recorded an entire Weird. segment, and then we realized it wasn't recording. So okay, we're so stupid. Let's let's go through everything wait, we just oh, said. It was just, but the, the thing is, it was just best performance, so it wasn't as long. Yeah, and, but I made. And now it, we know what we're gonna pick. Yeah, so, so let's go. We're just gonna we're gonna rank them. We're gonna talk about each one real quick. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're gonna go number five. Well, so here we're 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 picking from a pool of Travolta, John Travolta, Sam, Sam Jackson, Jackson, Uma Thurman, Thurman Bruce Willis, Willis, and Ving Rhames. Nice. Um, and shout out to Stephen Hibbert who plays the Gimp. Yeah, shout out um, Bruce Willis, Looper, <laughs> Looper. So <laughs> this I can't believe that we just went through all of that and it didn't uh, record because I was rolling on on uh, my picks. Uh, so we're gonna rank five to one. Um, who we think is the best performance in this movie. Number five, we both agreed, um, John Travolta. For yeah. the reasons of, uh, for reasons that... Think go, about it. Good like, not, let's say good, good not, not great. great. Good not great. Good not great, but... He's not killing... He, doesn't, he does nothing. The movie elevates his performance. Yeah. He does, like, whereas Sam Jackson and Uma Thurman elevate the performance of... Or elevate, like, the effect of every exactly. scene they're in with their performance. Yeah. Travolta, I would even say... Dampens the quality of some of them. I don't know. I, I don't think he takes anything away. He doesn't take anything away. There's some parts of just like, but that it's also just his character and the way it's written. Yeah, I never liked Vincent Vega as much as a character. Yeah. In all honesty, no. I think he's he's annoying. He's he's snobby. He thinks yeah, he's the man. Exactly. He's just he's kind of a dick. But um, Travolta, Travolta does a good job yeah. of that. And he does. Travolta has a great dumb face. He does when, have a great dumb face when when um, when Mia's Vincent kind of, just like ha- Vincent has to just like be looking dumb, yeah, which is a lot in this movie. He does like when Mia is telling him where yeah. to look and everything, but he's also strung out. Or like as he shoots stuff. Marvin, he's just like yeah, he's like oh man, I shot Marvin. So so Travolta five um, four. We said Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis. Yeah, it's just he's just it's diehard. It's diehard die Bruce. This is diehard two three. Diehard yeah, exactly. Like he's doing the same. He's basically John McClane. Like he's not really. He's not really going above and beyond. He's doing yeah. a good job. Yeah. Um, I would almost say like the two, like him and Travolta, are like like they're kind of like in the same category. Mm-hmm. Like they're both kind of four. They would be tied for four in my yeah. mind. Like neither of them are doing yeah, really good, not great. That's, that's what I would. Yeah, say. I mean they're they're good. They're doing a good job, but compared to the other three that we have nominated, they're they're really not in the same category. Yeah. Um, which brings us to number three, which we decided is Mr. Ving Rhames. Um, so basically, he kills it. Yeah, it just he kills it from the whole like. Basement scene. Yeah, I mean, he, he's like, given like, the most like screen that's, time. That's, that. like, I think where he shines the best. But even in all the little conversations that you see happening, yeah. or, like, you hear, like, when he's on the phone with Jules, yeah. he's such, like, a calming, like, commanding presence. He just, just has this It's just Vic Rams' voice, honestly. Yeah. He has But it's just, like, so, like, like you just, you know, he's the fo- he's the boss. Yeah. He knows how to take care of it, and he's gonna fix it. And he displays that. Like, yeah. he, he does a good job of being, like, this, you know, whatever 
the, the the universe of the story, he's a mob boss of something. Whatever he, whatever it is that they do illegally, he does a good job of, of bringing a presence like I've got this. This mm-hmm. is what it is. You know yeah. what I mean? Like he's not like he's not crazy in terms of he's going to snap. He's just very good at being reserved. But and then what's cool is that Tarantino exposes him in that light, and the way that. What comes of that scene is almost, I think, the best part about Ving Rhames' character is the way that he handles that, the yeah. aftermath mm-hmm. of that, yep. in terms of what he says to Bruce Willis and how that, you know, no, nah, man, you know, there's no me and you. Like, the way that he kind of just, like, is exposed, but still at the same time, yeah, no, like, no, 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 I'm like, still Marcellus no, like, like, uh, like, when Bruce Willis asks him, he's like, are you okay? He's like, he goes, nah, nah, man, man I'm, I'm pretty fucking far from, from okay. Like, the way that he... That was perfect. Yeah. Um, <sighs> the way that he is able to still maintain kind of his way about him in yeah, even the he, most and that's that situation it's, it's ever. Literally, yeah, you're his most vulnerable. Yep, 100%. Like, Bruce Willis has seen him yeah. at a point where he will never be able to unsee that. And Ving Rhames does a great job of kind of counteracting that, but still at the same time, you know, I'm, I'm, yes, I'm very vulnerable, but like I'm still fucking Marcellus Wallace. So, yeah. and Ving Rhames does a great job. Yeah. Um, right. For three is well deserved. Um, it's Ving Rhames. Listen, mm-hmm. he's not the greatest actor of all time, but he's he's doing a really good job in this movie. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know if we agree. Did well, we agree? So we need to re up these arguments. We'll see. Let's say who we well, think well, are number one. Well, in- well, let me finish because here's the thing. In our last segment, I can you swayed me. I fucking you swayed me. Fuck you swayed me on and I'm the do it, I, I'm do it so again. Let's, let's just talk about Sam Jackson. We can both talk about Uma's performance. Yeah. yeah. So the last two ones we have is Uma and Sam. So Sam Jackson is just like peak peak motherfucker. Sam Jackson. peak Sam Jackson man. Peak He's peak Sam Jackson. But like motherfucker, You're a bad motherfucker. Like snakes on a plane. Sam Jackson yeah. is what you think. Like like. His character in this movie shot him spa- into literally, that. literally spawned a whole like franchise, like not franchise, like, but like this genre, like, yeah. mini genre movies. This mini it's genre. Like taken, Sam it's like how Taken spawned all the old man all the, Liam Neeson yeah, exactly. like, action you're, movies. You're exactly right. Like it's just oh. somebody saw his performance in this and was like, Jules Winfield is a character. Yeah. Who could be in every single movie? You could put Jules Winfield on a plane. You could put Jules Winfield, Winfield in SWAT. You, you could, could put him Winfield in a you aquatic could, research center where he gets bit by the big shark. Can't you remember that one? <laughs> what is that? I don't know. Keep you could see. put you could put Jules Winfield in Die Hard Two and make him the same guy. You could make Jules Winfield into the same Quentin Tarantino character in Jackie Brown, and he has a long hair and a fucking rat tail or whatever. Ooh, ooh, ooh. You could put Bruce. Nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Bruce Willis, you could put anywhere. Um, and for that reason, you could take I his like face off and put it on Bruce Willis. Exactly. Face. There you go. For that reason, I love Sam Jackson in this movie. He's killing it. He's doing his best he's living his best life because Sam Jackson as great of an actor as he is I don't think he is very linear in terms of what he can do and where he can go yeah he's got um, a big ra- like it's not if he, I I don't even think I use the term he uses a big range he doesn't have much of much much range yeah he kind of does the same things he does a great job of it obviously there are some movies where he plays a different character and he plays yeah. it really well um, but in terms of how he does it this is the best version of him doing it by far. Not only is it one of the first, but it's the most intense, it's the most commanding, it's the most memorable. I mean, like, you know, English motherfucker, do you You speak speak it? it? Like, that is, I mean, granted, it's not a line that he derived, but he does it so well, and Quentin Tarantino is able to draw that out in him, which is why he does such a good job. And it's, yes, it's Sam Jackson being Sam Jackson. Sam Jackson at the height of his power. But he's killing it, by far, which is why I think he's not the best in this movie. Um, so given that let's argument, go, let's go into number one. The reason that I think Uma, Uma Thurman. Thurman is the best. I'm just gonna let you go movie, off because you're. Because and I was and I was saying this is that the character of Mia Wallace is is much more 
it's more of it's it's less the fact that she is Marcellus Wallace's wife. Yes, you go into the idea of this movie, you know, oh shit, you're learning about how Vincent has to take Mia out to dinner. You're scared. You're you're you know you don't know who she is. You don't. There's all this buildup. You're taking Mia Wallace out. Did you hear this happen? Did you hear that happen? The foot massage, blah blah blah. There's a lot of hype around this. You know, he talks about it with Jules. Talks about it with the bartender at the at the club. And everybody kind of knows that this is like something that's going on, and and they're like, there's a lot going on with this. But it's not just because it's Marcellus Wallace's wife that he's taking out. And this is what you learn about Mia, why she's so great, and why Uma Thurman is so great, is because the character of Mia Wallace, yes, it's Marcellus Wallace's wife, is important. But the reason that Mia Wallace is so great is because of how she acts and her personality, and the way that Uma Thurman portrays her is the reason why she's number one. Because she's doing things in this movie that people are not doing. She's acting circles around John Travolta and pretty much everybody who's in she, who she's in a scene with. She is the she is the commanding presence. I find it very hard to believe that Marcellus Wallace makes a decision without without hey, consulting Mia Wallace. Hey. Sam Jackson said it. What Marcellus that? Wallace doesn't like to get fucked by anybody except, except Mrs. Mrs. Wallace. She, and so it's funny because the first time you, you, you meet her, you don't see her face actually until they pull up to the restaurant. So Tarantino knows, like, this is a character who you're supposed to be intimidated by and infatuated with, so I'm not going to show you her face for a while because she's in the intercom and she's looking down and she's watching watching Vincent on the screens and the way that she's talking and the dialogue that's written for her is so different from everybody else's because in the manner of Pulp Fiction and how this movie works, the Pulp style, the dialogue, the conversations, she is driving that. And what I said was like, if you sit down and have dinner with Mia Wallace, you feel exposed. Oh, you dude, feel, she's going to pick you apart. You feel scared because she, not only does she yeah. know... Um, she's like the most everything not even she's like the most intimidating sorority girl ever she's she is all, all, all your spot on right <laughs> i guess that's good yeah you she, know she's like all your um it's like all your scared nightmares coming to life yeah what's it called your uh what do you think things you're like don't like about yourself oh insecurities yeah, yeah insecurities. Oh, insecurity. I came, oh, so I she she is like she has a way of in this how she controls she can just she, push she and, controls she's puppeteering uh vincent vega throughout the entire oh yeah She's the puppet master this entire conversation. She's driving it. I wish the viewers could see your... Yeah, I'm doing a pretty good puppet thing right here. She's doing a great job of... She's like, I know where this conversation is going. She's the one who dictates, hey, don't you love the comfortable silence? She's like, I'm going to go powder my nose. I'm going to do a bunch of coke. You figure out something to talk about. Also, powder my nose. (laughs) Unbelievable. Yeah, she's coked out the entire time. But, like, she has a way of infiltrating kind of, like, the, the person's, like... She manip- she's not like manipulating Vincent, but she's like playing with him. She's toying with him. She knows that Vincent is scared. She knows this. She she knows that she has a lot of power behind who she is as a person, but she's able to portray that in a way that you you can't run from. You can't hide from. You're terrified of her, but you also respect the fuck out of her. Yeah. And and the story is written like we talked about with Bing Rams. He's a, he's a he's a really important guy, but then he's he's uh, he's humanized, right? And when when Mia ODs, it humanizes her character as well. But the way yeah, that she, she goes through it and comes like back, she goes through these progressions. Also, I don't know. Do you think it's her, like 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 Uma Thurman, when 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 after she gets up with the stab, or do you think it's stunt double? Oh, I don't know. I, I because because no just the body acting. It could be of because like yeah, we talk we we talked about remember Wolf Wall Street we talked about Leo on the drugs yeah. like yeah. that acting mm-hmm. how crazy that must be like trying to like act, yeah like, yeah yeah like, so the yes move. yes yes how do you act? the way that she kind Dude, of like her body yeah, yeah. And, like, I wish I could demonstrate it I was it's ridiculous get on the floor yeah. and do it but I'm it's not crazy because you guys can't see me <laughs> yeah, but like she gets up like 
She's, she's on her all, like she's on her toes. Yes, she like, gets up like on her back and she's like, Ugh. She, yeah. And I think it is. It just Uma. hurts my back. No, to I think, think it about is. It, and and it's Uma that is the reason why it's like yes, Mia Wallace the character is so great, but the way Uma takes this character and kind of melds it into this like you know you're you're afraid of her but you also respect her and you're the way Uma portrays her is perfect because I don't think there's a lot of other actresses that could have done this the same way because Uma she's almost like a she's a very interesting looking person like I think she's gorgeous um and they don't make Mia Wallace look too flattering in this movie at parts you know they give her kind of an interesting haircut yeah. um she's wearing kind of bland looking clothes and she ODs and she doesn't look great but you still at the same time you're like damn that's Mia Wallace you know it's like she's you know <laughs> yeah, yeah, several yeah. times yeah great. I mean yeah, that's, that's Uma Thurman so but like it's Uma Thurman like just kind of the way that she carries herself in this movie like as Mia Wallace that gets you to think like holy shit this character is so powerful yeah. I think that Mia Wallace is low key the most ca- powerful character in the, in the entire movie and in, in, in the this entire lore like Mia Wallace she's the one like it, and Uma does such a great job which is why I think she's the best in yeah. this movie, well, you, I think swayed, it's, you, you swayed me when. In yeah, a, and I'm glad I did because in the, in the hidden sidebar, unreleased tapes that I, never she, come out. Yeah, I know, right? That sucks, but yeah, I mean, Uma just absolutely fucking murders it in this movie, and it's so cool to watch. That's why it's my favorite scene, yeah. is because I just love watching her just fucking run around and do her thing. Yeah. Um, she kills it. She yeah. absolutely kills and it. She so. takes huge lines and gets exuded. <laughs> I don't know how much baby powder she had to snort in this movie, but I'm sure it probably wasn't fun. A lot. Um, probably had to get her feet seen a lot by Quentin. <laughs> it was... Uh, hey, Quentin. It was definitely it, the best, one of the best performances. One of my favorite performances. Big she kills it. I love you, Mia Wallace, and I love you, Uma Thurman. Watch Kill Bill also. Those are great movies. Um, so, yeah, man. I mean... So that's... That's it. That's we it we talked the, the fuck the, out of this for movie. The part of the pod anyway. I'm glad it was as long as it was because I didn't think it would be <laughs> any shorter than an hour. No. I don't think it could have been. It would have been longer if we had it the could origi- not have if been. we had the original. I don't know. I don't, yeah, it would have. Um, but we did a good job of kind of re- reenacting it. I think uh, we talked about this movie a lot. We talked about yeah, I mean, pretty much everything. We covered everything that I wanted to cover, which is <coughs> the, it's been a long time coming doing this movie, so I'm, I'm happy we finally got back to it. Yeah. Um, but now what we want to do is kind of take you... Take you back. Take you on a journey, you know? Kind so this emotional. is... Because this is episode 13, and, you know, like I said, I'm pretty much done with... I'm done with school, and I'm leaving soon, and... This weekend. Cam will be up and around, but we won't be in the same place, so we're not really going to do this anymore. You keep implying, like, I'm a fifth year, and I just want to oh dispel the notion. Oh, my God. I'm technically a fifth year. I'm actually only four and a half years, but whatever. I mean, I started school in 2015, and I'm ending school in 2004, uh, 2019. When are you Two thousand nineteen. When's you gonna get your degree? Two thousand nineteen. Are you gonna get it? Yeah, I'll get it before Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, I'll get it before. Yeah, you sure? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> if I get it like the day after New Year's, bro, I'm gonna be like, "Fuck, I'm technically a fifth year." I work for the mail. You ain't getting it. Fuck you. Don't make me a fifth year. I'm <laughs> making you bastard. Um, but because of that, like, we're not gonna be around. So if we do another one, it'll probably be like one of us on yeah, the phone. Yeah, on the phone. Or, or, I mean, know, maybe we'll get together. We'll yeah, see. We'll see where our lives take us. We're both not, going, I mean, and we're we're both going. It's, Kind of separate directions, so roads forking. Uh, but because of that, we want to kind of take you through. Let's let's talk about where we've been. You know where I mean, we started. Well, how do classic, you? Like, how do we get together? Story. I mean, I'm looking at so all of our episodes, and we started. Obviously, we started with Goodfellas. Oh, I'm talking about the start of us, buddy. Our movie, our movie career. Oh, what do you mean? Oh, you don't remember? So we're gonna take you back. <laughs> oh, you're going this to far a, back to a to a to a September night. 
An early September night. Early in, September in night. 2015. In the Grafton dorm. Rec Lounge. The Grafton Rec Lounge of Plymouth State University. We were just this, young freshmen, didn't know anybody this, at the school. I remember I went down and sat on the couch. We were talking about movies or something like that. I Did you come in while I was mid-conversation? Yeah, I, you know, I think you were mid-conversation with him. That's I love that. There was this big kid. Which, big, big boy. Yeah, I don't know. I don't want to name him in case you... We're going to call him Big Mark. (laughs) (laughs) Big Mark. Big Mark. Big Mark smelled awful. Didn't smell great, Big Mark. Did not shower. Or wipe his ass, apparently. (laughs) And was very, very, like, confident in his arguments. And what was his argument? Like it's shit. funny that this has come full circle now because of how prevalent these movies are now. Yeah. So the argument was, and I remember this very heavily. Well, I remember um, some of them were like, we had arguments about like Star Wars. Well, it started, it started like, off with Star Trek versus Star Wars. And then we also talked about cry, if you should ever cry in a movie. And yeah. then we both said Marley and me. We both said Marley and me, and we just ruined this yeah, kid. Dude. So it started with this kid like talking about how he was like sitting down there on his high horse. Nobody was sitting around him because he was all smelly. Yeah. And he was just like, Star Wars is so stupid. He's just talking shit about Star Wars. And I remember this. And he was like, and I was like, I don't know this kid. I don't know any of these people. I'm just here trying to make friends. Yeah. Um, and he's talking shit about Star Wars. And he's like, and, and I'm literally saying like, I'm like, why do you hate Star Wars so much? And he's like, because Star Trek is better. And, and I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I didn't know anybody. And I was like, this kid sucks. I need to debate him. So <laughs> Dan's natural instinct. Yeah, I'm the I worst. must debate! I'm like, I have to have conflicting opinions. That's just who I am. And I have to dissent. I have to. And so I descended. And actually, no, no, no. I ascended. Because I rose. Ooh. We rose over Big we Mark. Broke our ceiling. And after probably 10, 15 minutes, I started to notice Cam... Yeah. He's sitting, you're sitting like behind Big Mike, kind of like. No, Big no, Mike. I'm on the same couch. Oh, you I'm were on the okay. same couch. Okay. It's unfortunate. I wanted. Oh, to yeah, I don't know why you would have. Well, you, but, that, there were people on that side. I guess, but like, too. I'm looking, I'm, I'm looking at Big Mark, and I, I call him Mike. I just call him Mike. Whatever. I'm looking at this kid, and and, and and I'm making fun of him, and I'm ripping it. But I'm like ripping apart his character. Like I'm making fun of him <laughs> as a person. Like I'm the worst person. And then ever. I fucking I join it, and I start looking like you're. You and I start like, like making fun of him. I'm like waiting, and I can tell that you were like. I can tell that you. You were ready to like fucking go out. Eviscerate this kid. You were ready to go out this kid. I had no idea who you were. I was like, this kid looks like he's ready to jump in. And then you just fucking hopped in, dude. (laughs) And then then, now what turned into a crowd of people watching us. People were like, like people were like crowded around us, like listening, laughing at, like because everybody kind of hated this this kid. Yeah, no, no, we 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 definitely played to the crowd. Oh my god, we totally did. And we like people were eating out of the palm of our hands, man. Like and (laughs) people like tried to get in on the argument. It was like, no, 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 this is me and Cam. This is me and Cam. And we absolutely roasted this kid. For at least an hour, just about, like, how Star Wars is better than Star Trek, and then it got into, yeah, like, something about, like, crying in movies, and we're like, what, have you never seen Marley and Me? And he was like, no, I've never seen that stupid movie. Yeah, I I remember, I remember one, at one point, saying, what, you never cried in a movie? Yeah, yeah, like, we were, we were never, neither of us knew each other, neither of us knew each other. We never said a word to each other It was, it was absolutely perfect, it was probably, it was top ten moments of my life right there, and that's, that's where the friendship blossomed, and that's where it all began, and after that, I sent you that gif of the floppy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, floppy the, the first thing Dan's like, oh man, you're really cool. What are we friends? Hey man, it's this cool gif. Uh, you, no, really no, you said, no, no, you put your number in my phone. Yeah, and then you said, I texted you, you said, yeah. but I texted you a gif of a, of a, like yeah, a pixel. And, 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 and I looked at her and I'm like, do I regret being friends with this kid? <laughs> you're like, you're in for a fucking long ride. Oh man. And from there on out, it was history. Well, then we had the, yeah, and then we did Film Club. We did Film you Club. can't forget that chapter. Oh my god, set. dude. Yeah, right? I forgot about Film Club. Yeah, we went to Film Club for like a week, and I remember you were like... Legs! 
Legs! Legs! <laughs> you remember legs? Dude, we I'm gonna forget we legs. We I was kind of confused with that. We were in the Plymouth State Film Club for a while, and it kind of sucked. Like, yeah, the way it, it was run and... Oh, it's probably better now. I can't. I doubt it, because that girl isn't there anymore. Um, but it was just run really poorly. I remember we we did the trivia contest and like all yeah. this. And, and we, we and we almost won because we had that kid legs. Yeah, well, we also cheated too. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> you and me, man. We're partners in crime. There it is. We have been since day one. Uh, we uh, yeah yeah that was dude. I forgot about that. That was a lot of fun. The Plymouth State Film Club. We pitched the uh, our, our movie idea, the Maltese the Panther, Maltese Panther, which was like a, a noir was, version of the Maltese Falcon. Falcon. Well, it was yeah, it was just the Maltese Falcon, but in Plymouth. And then I remember us getting absolutely roasted because we didn't have like we didn't have lighting we didn't have set design we didn't have characters we didn't have actors we just got up there and we're like let's do the Maltese Panther like, we, had no, we had no idea of yeah, what we right. wanted to do and everybody yeah. just killed us and then I think from there on out we were like fuck the Plymouth yeah. Film Club and we and just we stopped them. going and then we made our own movie yeah. The Flippening The Flippening oh, was I showed, that, was I that post that, I show that to people all the time well was that post that was definitely post sidebar yeah because it has a sidebar production logo oh, slap, it's right slap right up. Up. oh my god it's on YouTube by the way look up uh is it under the sidebar? No, it's under YouTube yours. Page? It's like also has the, which, which is, right. Well, they just went under your YouTube and saw some sales video you made. Like, you're, yeah. you're it, uh, yeah. it, it killed me. I had to, I had to do it. I was here at the SHI one where I sold fried chicken. <laughs> right, babe. <laughs> There's like a couple of them on there. Um, Oh, yeah, that was uh, that was the flipping was our first kind of sidebar production. We had to make a movie for Craig Nevin's class and, yeah, and Craig Nev, our, our second white whale, who had never come on the pod. Oh, just underrated out. how we just never got any of the Plymouth State film professors to be on. Underrated how we only wanted to get one, Rogalis. Yeah, and he agreed to it, and we just never followed up. Yeah. <laughs> like we could have had him on, but we were just like, nah. Yeah, fuck it, we will. I think it would have been cool to have him on, but you know, this is like that would have made it too real. You know, this is kind of like a dream thing. <laughs> like we don't want to make it like. We would have had to clean ourselves up. Plymouth State is fantasy land. It really is. Like, this place is like, there's not, like, nothing else. Yeah. But we started, when did we come up with the idea for this? So, one night, you were just at my house. We're both hammered. I remember, I remember I just, and the name Sidebar came from, this is old television show called The League, about fantasy football. Great, great show. And this one episode where the characters, Ruxin and Kevin, are arguing over, like, a dra- like um, they're one of their clients, because they're both lawyers. Yeah. And Ruxin, who's the, Who's the uh, lawyer? Will say, "I'll give you the number one pick in the draft if you get my client free." And and fucking Kevin just goes sidebar, and they go over it like right next. They're still in the the lawyer room, still in the room, and they just go stand over there and start talking. And I think I just yelled, "Yo, sidebar to you once," and uh, and you just came uh, to my room, came like, right over, like, dude, we should start a podcast. We fucking and and we're like, what do we call it? And it was boom, that was sidebar. that was the fucking. We had some. We actually went through an adjustment period. Where we changed the name. Yeah, we did. Uh, we changed Dan it to Dan Camp's Cinematic, Cinematic Experience Ride. Cinematic Experience Ride, and we felt like that wasn't. Uh, we changed it for like an hour. And yeah. Like, so well, when we like we had we well, recorded because we, we got on Anchor. That's what it's when we started like the social media because we yeah. we we recorded episode one and episode two, two back to back in two days. In and we put that on SoundCloud. Yeah. We started on SoundCloud and then. We put episode three, I believe, was on was when we decided because SoundCloud was they wouldn't let us. We could only put like three hours of content on it. Yeah, we'd start deleting stuff. Mm-hmm. So we're like, "Fuck, we gotta figure something out." We put Anchor. We used Anchor. Yeah, shout out, shout out to Anchor. Um, and that got us on Spotify and Apple Pods, and that was where we were able to kind of blossom. And then we, we st- I mean, Lethal Weapon three was like the first Anchor Pod that, that we was recorded, like, and that was like our first like episode good three, episode. Lethal Weapon that was double our first feature. Good I, that's like honestly. 
That was one of the most. Can fun we think I, about like, dude, we spent, favorite a, we spent a whole day. Doing oh yeah, because we watched the, both of those. We movies. watched Lethal Weapon one and went, Lethal Weapon two. Pod yeah. recorded. Mm-hmm. Came back to the house, watched Lethal Weapon two. Went, went all the way fucking back to yeah. your house and recorded Lethal all the way Weapon back two. to my house. It was like you could hit it with a fucking pitching wedge. Yeah, but like us. still, um, yeah, th- I think that out of all of our episodes, that's probably that's probably my favorite one. Yeah, I just think because we were so into those movies, like when I think about yeah, that one or The Departed. See, for me, it's either that one or Reservoir Dogs. Like those are my two favorite that we've recorded because see, it's we've all been we've been so into those movies. Like I love but probably The Departed is probably my number three. I, nah, I see. I just think we we're so into Departed. Well, it's because like, you had seen it seven hundred times that one week. <laughs> that was also when we had our first guest. Yeah, that was when we tried out Brother Dave. Yeah, which worked. Yeah, it wasn't bad. We 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 dipped our toe in the uh, the yeah. guests yeah. sidebar stuff. Wasn't bad at all. <laughs> it was good. Yeah, um, it's good. No, it was great, and that you know, it's like so. That's we started. Our Glorious Bastards episode was pretty good, though. And Glorious Bastards was pretty good. Do we have anybody on for that? Can I get my baseball bat and my, <laughs> my shoes, shoes tight, tight? I was literally crying. Yeah, in I fucking remember room, that. Dude. Oh, that was, that was so great. much fun. That was a great episode. Any fun. any Tarantino movie that we did was great. Honestly, we've had some we've had some ups and downs. I mean, there was an episode where where I defaulted, just got drunk for it. Zombieland. That was yeah. actually. Oh wait a minute, that's probably one of my favorite episodes. It's just because I'm fucking on one. That's like my least favorite episode. Yeah, I know. It's because you were you know. Well, were, so I'm just on the phone, not hammered. Yeah, that was tough for you. We. Yeah, that was a, that was a tough one, but I don't know, man. We've come a long way. We really have. How many? Yeah, uh, what's our estimated audience size? Well, it doesn't say. It just says the average play is fifty three, and there's not no terrible. way fifty three people listen to this. You don't think Yo, fifty three people listen to this episode? Fiction? If you listen to this episode, tweet. I need to look up our Twitter before I say the Twitter handle. What's that? Tweet at the sidebar underscore pod. If you listen to this episode, if you listen to this episode, I might retweet you on Twitter. You might get a retweet. Yeah. From or DM the, us on Instagram or something. If yeah. You follow like, us. we just want to know if you've ever actually listened to an episode. Yeah, because, like, honestly, the only people who ever tell us are one. people who are like, oh, yeah, I love your podcast. I listened to, like, 30 seconds of one episode. Yeah. Like, if you listen to a full episode, honestly, please tell us. Yeah, because sure. Give us if this is something that we want to continue to do. Yeah, if you want to know if there's, like, interest because if there's not I mean Dan, if it's just Dan gonna, will just leave me in the dust oh my god if it's gonna be the same like five people which there's nothing wrong with that I love yeah, my, I, mean, like, I love sh- my little I mean, side I mean like shout out like Cam, Scarp yep only two people Liam, David Jody. one of my boy, one of my boys from back home like a couple of my boys from back home like listen yeah, to yeah none it. of my friends listen to it because they're all hate that's me, not true one of your boys likes the Instagram page all the time yeah but it's it's a listen <laughs> I um, Big Mola listens to him. Joe Moderator. Like, yeah, yeah shout, out, shout out my friend Jason who listens to the other person we work with. Jay Blaze, listen to our pod, man. Yeah, fuck you, man. Um, but seriously, if you listen to like, if you've listened to episodes or you've listened to this one, like, just fucking let us know, please, because it'd be very helpful for us to to kind of gauge our audience. Because it says that we have a pretty high estimated audience size, but we don't really get too much buzz when it comes to listening to them. Um, so we're just curious. I don't know. Let us know. But um, regardless, man, it's been it's been a ride. Yeah, we're not we're not necessarily saying it's over, but this could you know probably hey, will be the don't last be sad time. it's over, be happy that it happened. Is that the phrase? I don't, know. It's close enough. I don't think to be. I don't think that's what it is. I think it's don't be sad it's over. Be happy Maybe. of the the ride, the podcast, the journey. All right, this has been <laughs> episode thirteen. Uh, this has been episode thirteen. We have been at this since podcast. one o'clock. It's, it's five thirty. Um, we're gonna go get ready for the Santa Park. Time to get drunk. Um, Let's do it. This episode has been episode 13, 13 of the Sidebar, sidebar Podcast. The podcast, podcast. The movie. The experience. The ride! Girl, you'll be a woman soon.
so much can't 